0: dapper 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 he's back with a new podcast oh here we go and he's chatting absolute bollocks 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 Bollocks. Bollocks. what a lemon squeezer and he's got a small knob receding hairline and massive areolas Hello and welcome to Chatting Bullocks with your host, none other than Dapple Laughs, aka Daniel O'Reilly, aka Schlongen in the Wrong, and aka your mum loves it, aka proper naughty fridge freezer lemon squeezer Ebenezer, do as you please, a Mastercard Visa, had <laughs> you sneezer, lean and a pleaser, a f***ing golden retriever and a fucking naughty lemon squeezing woman pleasing. <laughs> I've run out of it. Fucking geezer. That's me. And this episode is called Up for a Fight. So I've got a big fight coming up. And uh, that's all we've been talking about on my social media for the last week. I'm fighting MC Harvey on December the 14th um, at a big, massive arena. 9,000 people in Newcastle. So I'm training me arse off. And um, there's 16 other fighters. So it should be a big, fun night. Get yourself down there to watch. Don't fuck about. Um, and listen, I thought, why not do this podcast? And all of the fights I've ever had in my life, physical fights, mental fights with myself, fights with the media, fights with you lot out there on my social media. All the times, basically I thought it'd be fun to tell you all the stories of all the times I've been getting sparked out since I was about 15 years old because of my big fat mouth. And just talk about my small man syndrome and how also having that fight in you how it can fucking, if you're a wrong and you was naughty and you've done a lot of stuff wrong and you've got that fucking anger and that fight in you or you're just a bit pissed off, how you can use it for positive fucking things, man. How you can push yourself, man, and use it because that's what what I've done. Why have I taken this fight? I guess I always need something, man. You know, it, it was my show this year. I needed to work towards my show. I always need something to work towards. Otherwise, I feel like I'm wasting time and energy. And, um... I wanted to get back off the booze. I fell back into the booze. I took a long time off it. I was talking about my mental health and positive thinking, and I needed another excuse to get off the booze because I was getting a mess again a little bit, drinking too much. And now my whole fucking regime's changed. This morning, I've done a three-mile run. Uh, In about two hours, I'm going to do a proper bit of sparring with some K1 boys. Tonight, I'll be in the gym. And I'm off the booze. So I'll tell you how my attitude has changed, right, a little bit since I've been doing all of this. I've been doing Muay Thai, Thai boxing, kickboxing. I've been doing jiu-jitsu, rolling around on the floor with fully grown men, sweating our asses off on top of each other for an hour straight, learning how to choke people out, arm locks. The Muay Thai is fucking mental, knees, elbows, fucking punching, kicking and... I tell you, my fitness has already improved. I've only been doing it for about three weeks now, but I feel good. I'm running fucking three, four miles a day. I'm fucking loving it. But do you know what's even better? I feel fucking hard, mate. I feel fucking solid. I feel like I could kick the fuck out of someone if I wanted to. Do you know what? Just because I've been battering myself every day for the last three weeks. A couple of weeks ago, I went out with my best pal, the bad man tip If you ain't got him, mad him up on Instagram. Good pal man. And we went out and we went to meet Jimmy Bullard, the footballer. Uh, we've been messing around online a couple of times, sending each other like messages and stuff like that. And he likes some of my videos. And, you know, we've been on live stream together. So I went to meet him. He's a lunatic, mental. He's on another level, mate, to me. And I'm fucking mad when I'm out. And this guy's on another fucking level. So I turned up and it was full pelt, mate. We were down at the Wardour Street, 100 Wardour Street, and it's packed for the people. And everyone was asking him for pictures. And it's fucking mad. Great night. Went a bit crazy. But what while I was out that night, I got started on twice, right? And this is the difference in my attitude since I've been starting my training. First time was I went outside the front in a smoking area with a guy called Leon McKenzie, who's a, who was a professional footballer and a professional boxer. And while me and Leon were standing outside the front, some guys weren't allowed in, and it all fucking kicked off. Now, Leon say, I was with Leon, and he's fucking hard, mate. He's hard. And anyway, the bouncers were getting pushed about a bit. It was going back and forth, and it was coming on top, right? And I was thought, fuck it, I'll just Snapchat this shit. So I got my phone out and started Snapchatting, and one of the guys turned around and um, said, you fucking best put your phone away, and I went, all right, mate, chill, do you know what I mean? He goes, "Now nah, put it away, so I put it away, and once he saw I put it away, he must have thought I was a pussy, right? Well, I was, and uh, <laughs> he goes, yeah, I was, I'll knock you the fuck out, and I was like, what? now, nah, man, I don't want no fucking trouble on that, like, chill. The woman that was on the door, running the door, running the guest list, grabbed me and Leon. I mean, Leon didn't hear him say that. Leon just sort of saw the fight kicking off and saw the guy talking to me. And then I sort of said, "Look, this guy's fucking starting." And then the woman got us in, so we went in. And I was a little bit like, sort of pissed off that I didn't react differently to it. Like I didn't stand up for myself. And then later on that night, me and my mate Matt went up to the top of the W Hotel. This was when I was drinking. We had a bottle of fucking champagne, giving it large runs dancing around like a cunt. And some little dickhead fucking come and barge into me, and I was like, "What are you doing, man?" And then uh, his brother Brother come over and said, Is there a problem? And I bumlicked them both. I was like, look, lads, don't want no fucking trouble. Allow it. Let's be friends, man. And um they was like, all right, all right, you seem all right. Now, looking back, (laughs) I wish, right, that I'd just stood up for myself a little bit more. Because even the next day, my mate Matt was like, Man, why don't you just fucking throw some punches? And and I was like, Look, there's no point, you know going out and having trouble, we could get arrested, someone could get hurt, there's no point, right? And he said, all right, no, you've got a point, there's no point fighting, fighting's dumb. But you should have at least stood up for yourself instead of bum-licking. And I I don't know why, I just wasn't confident at the time. But after this last three weeks training, mate, and getting me arse handed to me in the ring, if anyone wants to come and give me some large ones, I'm standing up for myself. I'm not fighting, but I am going to say to you, suck me fat one, you fuck, fuck off, all right? But if you want to fight, let's allow it because yeah? <clears throat> I don't want to get injured before this fight. Anyway, <laughs> what am I talking about? Let's get on to it. So yeah, my daily routine's changed. My state of mind's good. Um, the reason why I wanted to do this about fighting is because my mum recently said to me, I'm so proud of you, man. She said, um, she always says nice things to me, my mum, but um, this one time she said, you know, not because of what you've achieved in your life, not because, you know, you're making good money, not because you've got a house or a career um, or you're a good dad or anything like that. She was like, I'm proud of. I'm mostly proud of you because you've never stopped fighting. You've never stopped fighting for what you want. And she said, "She, this is the thing that really sort of caught me," is she said, "You've inspired me," and I thought that's so strange that I've inspired my mum. My mum said, "You know, my mum suffers with mental health problems, and um, she's been good with me about mine and stuff like that." And my mum's had a difficult life, and. She said, yeah, you've inspired me. And I just was blown away by it. And, you know, and she means it. She means she's seen what I went through with losing my job, losing my TV show, losing my money, losing my house, losing, losing my mind when I lost my dad, losing my sanity, um, losing myself to drink, to drugs um, and, you know, being close to the edge and fighting through it and you know, having the confidence to get back up and do stand-up, having the confidence to to go out and earn money and carry on doing what I'm doing. And I guess that's what's inspired her. And, and I thought it was nice. And then shortly, a little while ago, unfortunately, my Uncle Dennis had a stroke. And um, he had a stroke uh, which really scared me because that's how my dad passed away uh, of a stroke. And um, it, it all come flashing back. I almost didn't want to go to the hospital to see him because when I went to the hospital to check on my dad, that's when he died. So I got up there anyway and he uh, made some videos of himself um in a bad place after the stroke you know he's he's recovering now still um he's, he's um it really shook him up right and anyway, recently he made he made a video and he sent it to me and he said I'm thinking of putting this video out and it was when he was in the hospital in a bad way and he was talking about how he's going to get through it and I said yeah definitely put it out but why don't you put it out with a video now showing how you are how you know how you've how you've come through and through that conversation he just he said I just want to let you know that you've inspired me as well you know you've inspired me to, the, the 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 things that you've been through and you know the way you keep fighting and it, it, again it was like wow I thought okay cool man and that's one really good thing about Having, um, so, having so much bad shit happen to you at, 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 in your life sometimes sometimes I think the good thing about having fucking shit thrown at you is when you get through it you you, you learn you learn how tough you are and this is one of the reasons why I, I took on this MMA fight because when they first approached me with the fight um, I thought nah nah man I ain't getting in the cage that's fucking mental that is mad man getting choked out or fucking ground and pound on the floor someone smashing your head and I said no, nah, I ain't doing that And then they said, oh, look, we've got this person, this person. I was like, no, no, I ain't doing it. And my missus was like, no, don't do it. That's crazy. But then the more I thought about it, the more I thought, "Now, nah, man, that's why you should do it. That's why you should do it, because you're, you're scared, isn't it? You're scared. And it was the same as my boxing match before. I was terrified. But the difference is now I've done that boxing match, and I've been in there. I know this is different, but I've had it. I've had I've had it in front of a crowd, and I know it's all about your heart, and if you can get your training right, then fuck it. And also, it's just a scrap. And I was like, nah, do you know why I'm going to do this? Because I don't think I can, and I want to see how good I am at it. And that's been my attitude with a lot of stuff, especially like stand-up, especially when i done my last show, um, fucking sold out, good vibes only, check it out. So with this MMA thing, it's similar. It's really similar to stand-up. I thought, there's no way I can sell out the Troxy. That's too big. I'm not going to be able to do it. And I'm not going to write a show in time. I'm not going to be able to. And then I thought, fuck it. That's why you should do it, because you don't think you can. So if you do do it, fair play to you. And it's the same thing with this MMA fight. I thought, fuck it then. Let's do it, man. Because in life, I always think to myself, if you commit to something, then you have to do it, right? If you just, it's easy to just go, nah, nah, I ain't going to, I ain't going to do that. Or no, nah, I'm not going to try stand up. I'm not going to try making videos. I'm not going to, I'm not going to try this business. I'm not going to try that. If you fucking throw yourself into it and you commit to it and you tell everyone you're doing it, then you've got to do it. There's more chance of you doing it. Right? So that's what I feel. Commit, overcommit, scare the shit out of yourself, work towards it get it done. So that's what I'm feeling. So yeah, I've got, um, I've been down Kettle's gym, very famous gym, a lot of famous people trained down there, Dizzy Rascal trains down there and a lot of famous boxers have come out of there, a lot of famous fighters and the guy that, owns it alan i think his name is alan kettle he's taking me on the pads it's almost like you get a little um a bit of a mental side of fighting as well they teach you about i'm doing mma with will curry he's an up and coming um mma champion he's going to be a big name in the future grant um my good friend grant he's doing all my fitness and i'm doing jujitsu, jitsu muay Thai boxing running and um <laughs> and being a dad so it's crazy um yeah, man. So I think it all stems from me. I think it all stems from small man syndrome because I've, uh, I was a tiny, tiny kid when I was growing up. I was a lot smaller than all of my mates by a long way. I was the smallest. If you went to school with me, uh, if you went to Salesians, especially Catholic school in fucking Chertsey, I was tiny and I was mouthy. I was really annoying and mouthy and thought I was funny. I didn't. You know, I didn't fit in really in a weird way because I wasn't sporty. So I wasn't in with the football kids, uh, which was a big part. I wasn't um, intelligent enough. I didn't really want to learn. I didn't learn. I was dyslexic. So from a fucking um, learning or academic perspective, I wasn't into it at all. So I wasn't with them kids. Uh, And then which just left the naughty kids really, didn't it? Like, you know, those little pricks that used to go around robbing shit and smashing stuff up. I was one of them. (laughs) And, uh, but also... Um, I was the smallest one, and not only was I was the smallest one, I was hanging around with all the naughty kids, so I was the smallest one out of a bunch of fucking wankers, really, uh, being one of them wankers myself. And I got bullied, man. I got beaten up. I used to have a little bottle, if you ask anyone when I was younger. I was, always, I was always up for a fight, but I used to get picked on quite a bit because I was small, and I wouldn't normally back down. But when I was at Salesians, I took a lot of shit from a lot of people, and... Um, I could, it wasn't a very nice time for me. I can remember people doing horrible, horrible things to me. Do you know what I mean? Like, um, I'm not going to get into some of it, but, you know, just horrible things kids do to kids. And I can remember that. And then I can remember I got expelled from Salesians. I got thrown out. I think it was um, at the, or halfway through year nine. So in year 10, which, you know, I think, what, you're 15 or something like that? 15, you're starting to become a little lad. I got moved all the way over to um, a different school, completely different school called Fulbrook. And when I went to Fulbrook. Uh, you have like a criminal record that comes with you from your last school when you get expelled and you're getting taken on to another school. Now, first of all, if schools are taking on people that are expelled, that just tells you how shit the fucking school was. And so I thought Salesians was bad, but Fulbrook was full of fucking wrong believe me. Um and if you were in my year at school, especially, uh, there was a lot of wrong uh, And if any of you are listening now, fucking, yeah, man, it's still funny thinking about it. But, yeah, it was a mad year. So when I, when I arrived at the school, the headmaster didn't want me. They didn't want me. But they said, right, listen, we'll take you. We'll take you in our, at our school. But you have to wear your old school uniform for a week. So the Salesians uniform was blue and the Fulbrook uniform was uh, fucking brown. And they said, you have to wear your blue school uniform for a week in this school. And if you can keep yourself out of trouble and not getting any fights for that week then you can stay so fuck me mate that was hard i can remember t- imagine turning up at the first day of school but you're wearing a different fucking uniform to everyone else so i walked in everyone's like oi mate i think you're in the wrong school what are you doing here we look at the twat in the blue fucking uniform oi wanker it was fucking hard right went into my first fucking um tutor group or whatever it was getting shit from the moment I went in there, and also another bad thing for me was is that I'd lived in that area around Newhall. It was we'd lived there for quite a while, which is right next to the school. So there was a lot of kids that went to that school that knew me from walking around, knew me and my sister, and that um, that I that I went in and I recognised now. My sister, this was a bad thing for me, when I first joined that week, my my sister was quite well-known in the area. One, because she was a bit of a nutter, and two, because she had massive bangers, right? And all of the young lads all used to fancy my sister and say stuff because she had these massive boobs, right? And I can remember when I joined the school, I was walking around in my blue uniform, and a lot of the kids were like, "Oh." Oh, your sister's got big tits. And I was like, fucking hell, mate. I've got to stand up for myself. But I can't. I can't because it's this first week where if I get thrown out, that's it. I'm fucked. I'm not going to be able to do my GCSEs or nothing. But I'd had enough of it. And I can remember I was walking through the playground and Nigel Turner, if you're there, if you're listening, big up yourself. Um, he, him and Cole Bliss, another kid. <laughs> Uh, they were taking the piss out of me about my sister oh yeah your sister's got nice tits and that and I said fuck it then who wants to fight but I can't fight you out here in the playground let's go in the fucking toilets and I can remember my mate Luke Redfern big old chavvy um, he'd come uh, with me and he said don't worry I'll fucking look after you I won't let him fucking beat you up do you know what I mean just have a one on one so we went into the fucking toilets and uh, we started fucking fighting in fact Luke actually I can remember Luke said he would jump in and help me but another geezer come in on um, on Nigel's side which is a guy called uh, Mark Bull who was fucking hard I mean Luke was hard but Mark Ball was hard I mean Luke was a big lump and hard but Mark Bull was like a nutter hard so uh, we went in the toilets and uh, we fucking kicked off and started fighting uh, I went in for a headbutt first of all and then just, he started laying into me and the next thing he's fucking shoving me head down the fucking toilet, right? And I'm like, Luke, help! Come on, man, help! Nothing, man. It goes, psh, 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 psh. That's it, I got beaten up and that. But I still said, come on, let's keep going, and it got split up, and um, that was it. But then people knew, like, if, if you're going to say something, then it's on. So there was more fights <laughs> like that. Actually, for the next year, like few years in there, but I got to know all of them boys. All the boys, like them boys, there, Cole Bliss, Luke, all of them naughty boys, the, the the real naughty boys. That's how I fucking met them through fighting with them. I had a fight fight with with quite a lot of them. Do you know what I mean? And um, and yeah, and then that's that that that's where I think this sort of mentality for me of being. A smaller kid and having to be mouthy has come from, and and although it was bad back then, I think it's fucking stuck with me. It's just like the other day when when we had Jack Jones. Me and Jack Jones had this beef the other day. It really fucking got to me. And the reason why it got to me was he he got upset with a joke that I I said that might have been a little bit distasteful or a bit too soon, as many of my jokes are. But a little while ago, obviously in Essex, there was the thirty nine. People that had died, um, the immigrants or or whoever it was, the Chinese people. I don't want to get it wrong. That were coming over, and um, yeah, they got trapped in a they were in the lorry and they died. For it's not funny. But I just thought this thing was funny that I saw. All it was was it was just on eBay. It said a lorry for sale that sleeps 39. You know, it was a joke, a meme. And I saw it and I just put it up and I said, too soon? All I said was too soon. Do you know what I mean? And it pissed a lot of people off. And one of those people was Jack Jones. So he quoted the tweet and started getting mouthy. And um, I know Jack. He's not actually he's not actually that bad a person. He's quite similar to me. Fairly insecure and... Um, you know, doesn't deal well with online hate and stuff like that, which is a shame because it's affected him like it's affected me. And I think he's actually an all right geezer, but sometimes he just deals with things in the wrong way. And I'm the worst for snapping back. And so I DM'd him. I said, look, allow it, man, take that down. There's just no need for it. Just stay out of it. And then we started arguing and then, You know, he said some stupid shit and that's it then. Small man man syndrome comes in. You know, when someone's saying to me, you know, be careful or getting a little bit hard that thinks they can have me, my first instinct is to say, well, fucking come on then. Let's fucking try it, you know. And that's what I did. And I responded... And then it all blew up, all and it was pure negativity. And at the end of the day, I felt fucking embarrassed by it, right? So, yeah, I've always been small and mouthy, and uh, it's got me into a lot of trouble. Um, especially if you're small, mouthy, you can't fight, but you're up for a scrap. You get knocked out a lot. And uh, I've been knocked out many times on stage, in the pubs. And here's some of my favorite ever moments of being KO'd. So one of my favourite times I've been sparked the fuck out was definitely when we went to Ascot Races for my mate Stag Do. I was there. Do you know what I mean? I don't know if you've ever been to Ascot Races with your pals, but you start the day quite early, normally around 8.30, 9 o'clock in the morning. Everyone's getting into their suits and that, and you're fucking drinking, mate, from early. Do you know what I mean? Everyone's like, whoa, you've been waiting all fucking year. And this was even better because it was a Stag Do, right? So there were 16 of us. And the geezer that was getting married, I'm not going to say who it was, but he's a proper fucking wrong you know who you are and him and all of his pals and my pals and all of us pals together all of them love a fucking scrap right so anyway we're getting ready we're getting pissed we're on the fucking train it's getting up to about fucking 10 o'clock and everyone's fucking hammered and we get out we get to the races I don't know if you've ever been to Ascot but it's fucking carnage there's birds on the floor pissing themselves geezers getting, fuck, getting fucking smashed sniffing gear off fucking each other's cocks and that it's a madness great fun it's like heaven right so anyway We're there, and while we're standing there, some girls come over and said, oh, excuse me, you couldn't take a picture for us, could you? So there was three of them, so they gave me the camera and asked me to take a picture of the three of them. So I went, yeah, sure, no problem. So I took a picture of the three of them, right? Got it. And as I I took the picture, right, the three boys were coming back from the toilet, or wherever they'd been. I think they must have fucking sniffed a line because they looked pretty angry, right? And one of them was like, oi, mate, what are you doing taking a picture of my fucking bird? I went, well... She asked me to take a picture of her. Why? Why would she ask you to take a fucking picture of her? And I was like, well, because she wants a picture of... But listen, I've got fucking 16 people with me, yeah? 16 lads that love it, right? And they've all turned around now. So I'm like, I don't give a fuck anyway. So I'm like, yeah, anyway, yeah, because I was just taking a picture. I don't know why she asked me. Maybe she likes me. And he's like, oh, yeah? You think you're fucking odd, do you? You think you're fucking odd? And he starts shouting in my face, coming right up to me, screaming and spitting, right? And as he's screaming and spitting in my face, I'm thinking, fucking hell, he wants it, right? And he goes, come on, let's go outside then. I said, we're at the fucking races, you mug. We are outside. He's going, fuck yeah. And starts spitting even more. Then I start doing the old jokes, don't I? Say it, don't spray it. And as I'm saying this shit, yeah, my mates are creasing up. But my mate Dino, who's a proper fucking hard cunt, right? Old Dino Northwood, you know who you are. He's a proper hard geezer, right? Back in the day, he used to be able to spark people. He was good at dodging the punches, and he loved to scrap. He'd fight anyone, right? Anyway, I see him moving around the side, so he's weighing this geezer up on the side, right? So as this geezer's spitting in my face, at the corner of my I can see my mate Dino lean it, leaning one in, mate, about to fucking bang him, right? So i do another one, yeah? I want the news, not the weather, mate. <laughs> Everyone's fucking laughing. This geezer's going even more fucking mental. And then I say... <laughs> the end line that gets me sparked out was funny right which is good but it was so funny that fucking it made Dino laugh right which wasn't good for me because I said to him while he's spitting in my face look mate if I wanted my face to be this wet I'll get your fucking bird to sit on it right and as I said that my mates have laughed right and Dino's gone, (laughs) leaning back laughing. He's meant to be fucking smashing this geezer before he hits me. And the geezer just goes, bosh, knocks me clean out, mate. He hit me so fucking hard, I went off my fucking feet. I can remember going back in the air thinking, fucking hell. I hit the deck, I'm out. Obviously, when I woke up, it was like a fucking old Western, mate. I don't know how long I was on the floor for, probably about two minutes. But I w- opened my eyes and there was tables flying everywhere, women screaming, fucking... Do you know what I mean? It was mental, tables falling over, my mates fighting, security running in. I was like... <sighs> I probably should have stayed and helped them, but I was fucked. I had to get out of there because my face was... And my lip was fucking swelling up like that. And I can remember I was moving away and one of the... one of the, Not the security guards, but I saw one of the fucking... Um, Health and safety people, like fucking St. John's Ambulance people. And I went over to one of them, I was like, can you help? And he was like, do you want some advice? I went, yeah, he goes, you ain't pulling no birds today, mate. Your face is fucking, fuck up. Fuck or- it's like a golf ball that come up on my fucking, on my lip. Like that, mate. But I tell you what, what a line. What a line. Like I always say, there's, with, with jokes, you show me the line, mate, and I'll fucking sniff it. <laughs> But, uh, but yeah, and I think that that comes from what, what a lot of this comes from is my old man, bless his heart, before he died, when he was younger, my old man always said to me, listen, if someone's going to fucking beat you up, right, and someone says, let's have it, and they, they beat you up, you're all right in about a week, unless unless you get broken nose or a jaw or something. Or stabbed or shot. It's like, you all all right in a week? What's a black eye or a bust lip? Do you know what I mean? You're fine. So if someone says they're going to beat you up, fuck it. Have a crack at it. Do you know what I mean? What's the worst that could happen? You get sparked out. But <laughs> he always said as well, if you could get a funny line in before, then that's all they're talk about. So I know his mates, when they tell that story, they will mention that line because it was a fucking bell tar. Um, yeah, so... Uh, Another time quite recently. (laughs) I'll give you another one because I love these stories. Um, so that was that was before I was Dapper Laughs. That was, that was before I was Dapper Laughs. That was before I'd been on social media or I'd even posted a picture or even had any followers. That was before I even had Twitter. Do you know what I mean? So that was before I was Dapper Laughs. Since I've become Dapper Laughs, that's a whole different kettle of fish, mate. There's so many more people that get mouth in that want to fucking have a crack at it with you. I would just record having a crack at it with you. I can remember, uh, I put this online recently. I think it was about three or four or five months ago. Maybe I had a big black eye and that because I'd had an argument with my missus and I was in a pub uh in my sorrows and a bunch of lads walked in and, and I can hear I can hear your ears prick up when you hear your name, Dappa or Dan or whatever. And I heard one of them go, oh, fucking Dapalas, mate, he gives you a winker. And I was fucking pissed, but I was I was like, fuck it, man, come on then, whatever. And um he, he came over with his mates and um, he just come over with his mates and he just said, oh, yeah, you've done a bit of boxing, did not you, Dapper? You think you are, did not you? you. He's probably like a whiny little fucking screechy twat. And if you're listening to this, you're a pussy, old bruv. Didn't even hurt, right? So he goes, oh, you think you're fucking hard, didn't you? Fucking doing a bit of boxing and that, didn't you? You ain't fucking hard. I was like, yeah. He goes, well, listen, if you're so fucking hard and the training's so good where you've done your boxing, oh, I'm thinking about getting my fucking son into a bit of boxing, yeah? So can you recommend a gym then, can ya, for my son? Can you recommend a gym for my son? And I was like, yes, mate, I recommend a gym for your son. Jimmy fucking Shovel." you cunt. <laughs> Bang, sparked out. But on that occasion, and <laughs> his mates were laughing. Because I can remember when I woke up, they were still laughing. Bouncers were in, were on them. And I got up and I said, like, let's go outside and fucking have it then. I was wonky, like, all over the place. He'd fucking proper levered me. But he was like, no, nah, you ain't worth it, mate. You ain't. I've already done you anyway. You ain't worth it. So, yeah. But, fuck it. It was funny. I've had two knockouts on stage. I've spoke about these ones before. Uh, I've had two proper proper KOs on stage. I can remember the first one. Uh, I have to put a video up on this. You've all heard this one anyway. Just when a heckler was like, you know, having a go at me, and I just said, you know, is that your wife? There's about fucking a thousand people there. And I was like, is that your wife? He's like, yeah. And I said, is it? Is it your first wife? He said, no, it's my second wife. And I said, yeah, it wouldn't have been my first choice either, you fat bitch. <laughs> <laughs> he got past the bouncers. Bosh! sparked me out on stage. You know, I don't have the best chin by the sounds of this. And, um, yeah, man, yeah, yeah, I've had, I've had loads of them. I'll tell you, though, sometimes I am quite good at getting out of fights, though, as well. Um, I can remember, uh, a little while ago, I was doing, um, I was doing a, uh, a, a bar crawl with some of my mates, and, um, this person didn't, didn't know, didn't know who I was, like, in regards to my work, Dapper Laughs, he didn't know anything, he was, he, he had no idea, and, um. I was just in the bar, man, telling jokes and stuff like that and fucking about, trying to be the centre of attention as normal. And I was sitting up at the bar on a bar stool and I kept swinging round and I was just looking at what was going on. And this geezer come over and he's like, Oi, mate, stop screwing at my fucking bird. And I was like, what? He's like, stop screwing at my bird. And I was like, what do you mean screwing? What what, what the fuck does that mean? Stop screwing. Stop looking at my bird. And I was like, well, which one's your bird? My bird is that one over there, over by the door. And he pointed over to this fucking unit, right, that was by the fucking door. And I was like, fuck off, mate. I was like, if you've seen me looking at her, that is purely because she takes up so much space of my fucking landscape view that I've got no other choice, mate. Wherever you look... Over that side of the room, you're going to be fucking looking at her. And he didn't find it funny. He was like, right, that's it. Come on, outside. Let's go outside. And I was sitting on a stool. So I got off the stool and I pretended that I had like one fucking gammy wonky fucking leg. So I got off the stool and I was like that. Hey. Like as if I was a cripple. Oh, come on, let's go outside. Dragging my leg behind me. Come on. And he was like, oi, oi, I ain't fighting a fucking cripple, mate. I ain't fighting a fucking cripple. You shouldn't be so fucking mouthy, mate, if you're disabled like that. You shouldn't be so fucking mouthy, you're lucky. And I was like, all right, all right, cool. So I hobbled back onto me fucking stool. And then after that, my mate was like, mate, you're fucked, man. You've got to sit on that stool all fucking night now. You might as well start pissing at the bar. And the more drunk you get, you're going to forget, ain't you? And I fucking did, mate. About three hours later or two hours later and about fucking six pints and five tequilas later... So Michael Jackson comes on, doesn't it? And you know what I'm like with the Michael Jackson music. I was going fucking mental, mate. Got up on the dance floor. I was doing the moonwalk. I'd done the spin. I'd done the fucking kick. And then I stopped and I turned around. And who was standing there? That geezer, mate. Sparked me clean out, mate. Bosh. Caught me right on the bottom of the chin. Nearly took my jaw off. Whoa, mate. But it's worth it for the story. Funny old days. I tell you what, though, um, I used to grow. I used to live on a council estate. So shout out to all my council tenants out there that um, that grew up on a council estate. I grew up on a council estate, and uh, over in Weybridge, it's called Brooklyn's Estate. I mean, Weybridge is quite a posh part of Surrey. In fact, I think it's one of the most expensive places to live in fucking England. Uh, they've got St George's Hills there, and. You know so you're surrounded by a lot of wealth, and then uh obviously you've got a council areas't you know for people that can't afford their own housing and um uh me, my mum, and my sister, and my mum's new fella lived in a council estate it was like um a figure of eight of houses and a big green at the top and um Yeah, it was rough, man. It was rough. The geezer that's doing my house now, Sean Gilbert, that's where I met him. And there was a lot of kids there, a lot, and a lot of different age ranges. Do you know what I mean? So there was older and older. So there was like older, older kids, then kids older than you and then you. And um, it was a rough place to live, man. Everyone was everyone was scrapping and also everyone got bullied. We all got, all the younger kids got bullied by the kids above them and the kids above them got bullied by the kids above them. So it was like a fucking, it was like a, just the shit ran downhill. Do you know what I mean? So they used to take it out on us, nick our cigarettes, nick everything. You see, I'm talking back in the day when a pack of 10 Sovereign was £1.20. Do you know what I mean? I'm talking years ago. But even back then... Some mad shit used to happen, and I can remember we used to play Knock Down Ginger, which, which, if you're ginger, it's no offence to you, and I don't know why they call that, in fact, they probably can't call that anymore, can't call that Knock Down Ginger no more, it's on pc plus gingers have got souls now, it's been proven, so you can't call it that, but Knock Down Ginger, if you don't know, they'd probably call it something different all over the planet, but that's just when you knock on the door and run away, now, I used to be one of the hard kids that would knock on the door, run away, and then... Come back, knock again, run away, and then come back and, and and wait. Do you know what I mean? See how see how many times you could do it, and then if they'd come out, then you used to give them some shit. Do you know what I mean? We were proper little shits, and I can remember we were doing knockdown ginger once, and by and you'd always go back to the house because you got a chase. If you'd knock on the door and, and then they answered and closed it and you kept knocking and then I just thought, oh fuck it, then you'd leave it. But if you was one of them fucking people that come out of the house and go, fuck off, stay away from my house. I got babies sleeping, I'm gonna kill you, who wants it? Then you keep going back to that house because you've got a reaction, right? That was the exciting stuff. And I can remember we we're doing knockdown ginger once and this man like I, I knocked on the door once, we ran away, and he must have been waiting by the fucking door because I got through the garden. He must have been looking through the key I was thinking. I got right up to the door and I was like... And the door fucking opened, mate. And he grabbed me and he pulled me into his fucking house. I'll never fucking forget it. Fully grown man. And it was like... And I was like, fuck, fighting for me fucking life, man. And then running around his house. It was mental. I had to like busting each other in the, in the house and that. And then, um, yeah, managed to run back to the front door and get out and go... And uh, my mates were gone. And I was like, fuck, I'm never playing knockdown Ginger again. That was the last time I ever played knockdown Ginger. But that was the sort of fucking stupid shit we used to do. We used to live on that estate. And also there was a big car factory behind us. And we used to go over there and climb through the cars and, and fucking try and get in the factory and nick stuff. And then we'd get chased by security. And then when we were a little bit older, when we were like 13, 14, if, get caught, if we got caught by security, we'd have fights with the security. Chuck shit at them and stuff like that. So we, I was a proper little shit man. it was good fun though Um, but when I got a little bit older and um, we started going out me and the boys uh, when I was probably in my 15, 16 years old age um my mates were a big group of of, of lads that used to like having to scrap. There was, you know, there's Goddard, uh, one of the boys around there. I don't know you might know him if you're from the area. He's, uh, he used to be able to spark people out. Uh, my mate Dino, I was talking about before, he was a good fight, And the rest, the rest of the boys were up for it and stuff. So when it kicked off, and we used to go down to the Hand and Spear a long time ago, and they used to have what was called Pound a Pint Night, which was, you know, it was just one pound for a pint and karaoke. So people would fucking be launching fucking pint glasses at you when you were singing because everyone was so fucked and then it would just spill outside every fucking Friday night it would spill outside to the car park out the front and I'm not lying if you're from the area and you know the pub back I'm talking about probably about 15 years 10 years ago 10 years and then everyone used to scrap outside and you could either stand and watch or get in and help help your pals and uh, no one really got hurt but it was, it was mad times because there was everyone from different areas that, and different schools that all used to come down as groups of people because they'd let anyone in and, um, and, and have scraps so it was all sort of the norm And it was exciting, good fun times. I remember. I shouldn't be saying all of this stuff. What am I going on about? I'm talking about fighting. Oh my God. It's always the go to thing when you've done a load of gear as well. Wait, do you remember that fight in year seven? Remember me? I took my blimp soles off and hit that kid. Don't you remember? Everyone went mental. Chinese burn. Do you remember that Chinese burn I've done in maths lesson to fucking Massimo? Fucking mouthy little cat. Remember? Chinese burn. That's what you do. <laughs> Sniffed up. No one gives a fuck. So I think from growing up, um, from my experience from growing up, it was all a little bit, you know, adrenaline from having a scrap or uh, or fighting or sticking up for yourself. Sticking up for yourself. That's the main thing, wasn't it? Sticking up for yourself. You know, if you're if you're heavily surrounded, if you had a big group of male mates and you're all hanging around with each other, it was all about one, sticking up for yourself. Two being hard, being able to handle yourself, and three, not taking no shit, and four, having bottle, and five, being able to nick the birds, mate, and number five, I had down every, mate, why do you think the geezer ended up with a TV show, teaching fucking geezers how to nick birds, called that my laughs on the pool, prime time TV, on TV two at nine o'clock, because the geezer knew how to nick birds, don't worry about that. And that's when my journey began. It was like, when I, when I went from being in school to being on TV, it was like the same thing. I got expelled. I got expelled again. I was getting in trouble again. I was just, and I, but I dealt with it before, uh, but not to the level of the, the beef I was having with the fucking, with the journalists and the media. That was so much hard work i tell you what, your small man syndrome comes into play when you're getting cunted off constantly. I mean, some of the articles I read, I'm not going to go into them because my missus tells me that I shouldn't keep talking about that time in my life um, because it affected me so badly (laughs) and I, I should get over it and stop whinging about it. But the battle with the media was, was really bad and I can remember probably the, the worst ever situation. The 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 time it fucking peaked and I'm talking about this was after they made me go on news night to apologize. This was fucking this was after they hounded my stepmom in Guernsey and gone to my mum's house uh, uh down in Cornwall and turned up at the, at my sister's kids' school and fucking and they were writing that I was a pro rape comedian and they got my fucking you could tell her I shouldn't talk about it, but I'm gonna talk about it all. They got my fucking tour cancelled, they got my management to drop me, my brand deals to drop me, they got my album fucking shut down, <laughs> my tours <was> cancelled. <laughs> Woo! Um but the pinnacle of that was for me when um I uh, I uh, fucking I buried my dad and I was Snapchatting about the funeral. I don't know if you followed me back then. I was Snapchatting about the funeral. I was Snapchatting at the funeral. I was Snapchatting fucked. Do you know what I mean? On fucking diazepam and fucking antidepressants and fucking Valium and cocaine and fucking beer. And I was Snapchatting the whole fucking thing. And then we buried my dad. And then I flew back over. And I can remember I come out of Gatwick Airport and... um, someone come over to me and said, excuse me, can I get a picture? And I was like, yeah, sure. So I got a picture with this person. And then he went, oh yeah, by the way, I'm glad your dad died. The geezer was a fucking cunt. And I was like, what? My mind was blown, right? So I was like taking it in for a second. But while, this is what happens when you fucking see red, yeah? While I thought I was concentrating and taking it in, what actually I was doing was beating the fuck out of the geezer. I fucking chinned him, got him onto the floor and I was laying punches into him. Now, at Gatwick airport, Around the time, it's probably still like it now, there was a lot of um, armed police there. So the next thing I was up against the fucking glass window with a fucking machine gun in my face. Fucking, stay there, don't move, don't move. We all considering you a threat or whatever, right? With the gun. And I was like, fucking hell. But a geezer with a gun was like, hold on, don't I recognise you? And I was like, yeah, probably, uh, if you watch me on Snapchat. And uh, he was like, I do, you're a dapple I was like, yeah. He said, you just buried your father yesterday. And I was like, yeah. And I said, and this cunt has just said that he was a fucking arsehole. And then he said, well, he's not on his own, mate. Look. And behind him, there was a geezer with a fucking camera recording it. And they had hold of him as well, because he was helping his mate. And his mate was on the floor saying, I'm from, well, I'm not going to say the newspaper, because... No, I sh- no, I won't sell a newspaper. Uh, no, I won't. But he said, "I'm from this newspaper. I've been sent down here to get this uh, to get this video." So they'd woke up in the morning. They'd gone into their newspaper. They'd sat down and had a fucking meeting. And someone had said, Dapper Lars is flying back. He's just buried his dad." And someone went, "Well, do you know what would be a good idea? Go and tell the geezer that his dad's a cunt." His dad that's just like, go and tell him he's a cunt and film his reaction. And what we'll do is we won't use the bit where you called him a cunt. We'll just get his reaction of him hitting someone at the fucking airport. And we get that online and we get him. And that's when my mind went, fuck this shit, mate. I'm out. Fuck this. Fuck this. You're never going to win. You're never. I'm never, ever, ever going to get good press. I'm never going to win. I'm not going to. I'm not ever going to understand my small man syndrome is not gonna get over this shit um, that that the media give you man and it was a massive wake up call for me and I stopped giving a fuck then because I realised because I think part of my issue was I was fighting with the media because I was like why do you think that all the stories that would come out all the articles that they'd write in the headlines why do you think that that's not me you're not being nice why are you doing that <laughs> And then I realised after that, they're just cunts. They don't think that. They're just trying to get clicks on the story so that the advertising that they sell in the article, because they get paid per person that views it, generates more revenue. That's it. It's not about me. You fucking wankers. So, yeah, man. Um, Cool, man. Well, it's been an interesting podcast. I don't know if I've just rambled about crazy shit that's happened in my life. I hope you like it. Tell your friends... I think we're getting about 9,000 people listen, an episode, which is good, um, which is enough for me. So let's keep going. If you keep listening, I'll keep them coming. Um, there'll be some posts that I've put up to promote it. Go tag your friends in there. Just pop me a DM or pop me a message or pop me a tweet and let me know. Or tweet out my podcast, please. Tweet it out so people listen to it. There you go. Um, a big shout out to the Extinction Rebellion. Still a bunch of fucking slongheads, But keep fighting for what you believe in. Uh, <laughs> and um, listen I'm going to finish this podcast by saying something a bit deep for you alright so I'm going to finish the podcast by saying this I think that we should all have something to work towards so I'm working towards this MMA fight and and it keeps me focused keeps me on the straight and narrow gives me a reason to be fit to stop drinking to look after myself and gives me something to look forward to so why don't you go and find something else to look forward to uh, whether it's saving for a holiday or fitness or whatever, just why don't you start working towards something? Give yourself give yourself something to work towards. Find something. What do you want to do? Do you want to start a new business? Do you want to go on holiday? Do you want to get a promotion? Do you want is there anything you can start working on? Because if there is, start working on it and you feel good for doing it. Also, I'm just gonna put it out there. Now that I'm back doing my fitness every morning, I'm happy, I'm motivated. Man, when you're hanging and minging and you've been drinking too much or sniffing gear, everything around you starts turning mouldy because you you wake up and you don't want to do nothing. You don't want to clean. You don't want to sort shit out. All my clothes are dry, cleaned. My fucking, I've I've gone and got my beard done. My hair's looking nice. I'm motivated. I feel good. And that's because I'm getting up and exercising in the morning. So if you can find time to do it, that is my one thing I want you to take away from this podcast. Go get some exercise in. Thank you for listening. This is Chatting Bollocks with Daniel O'Reilly. Tune in again i'll see you soon i hope you liked it bye-bye dapper 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 he's back with a new podcast oh here we go and he's chatting absolute bollocks 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 bollocks, bollocks. what a lemon squeezer and he's got a small not receding hairline and massive areolas